We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's up everybody welcome back to the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl thanks so much for joining me today i was just about to hit record on today's episode when a notification rolls through on my phone Jim Leonard will be leaving the Wisconsin Badgers. No, this is not a Wisconsin Badgers podcast, but you might know where I'm going with this. For those of you who are thinking that maybe just maybe a certain defensive coordinator in Green Bay may not be in Green Bay next year. And for those of you who remember that Jim Leonard was seemingly and apparently and reportedly the front runner for the defensive coordinator position when Jim, when Joe Barry did get the job, Maybe, just maybe, although Jim Leonard is leaving the Wisconsin Badgers at the end of this season after the bowl game, maybe he ends up staying in Wisconsin and becoming the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator after all. I don't have too much more to say on it, to be honest. We've got a long way to go until that point. If you're looking for hope that maybe Leonard could be the defensive coordinator, I think the the, the positive here, if you're hopeful, would be that he's coaching the defense for the Badgers through their bowl game. So if he were to leave right now, 
a lot of college options would potentially open up for him and he would immediately be able to start looking for jobs, which to some extent he still will. But it means that he probably will not have a job lined up at least until after the Badgers bowl game, which could mean that Green Bay, once they're eliminated, likely at the end of the regular season, that, well, just frankly, he could still be available at that point, right? Which may not be the case as as soon as the Badgers hired, you know, Fickle as their, their head coach. If Leonard was just, I'm done and I start searching for jobs, he might have had a job by the time the Packers were, you know, even considering looking at another defensive coordinator. So uh, certainly no foregone conclusion that he will end up in Green Bay. Not a million percent a foregone conclusion that Joe Barry will even be gone in Green Bay, although I definitely lean in that direction after this season. You have to think that there are going to be changes in the organization and defensive coordinator seems to be one of the, the low-hanging fruits of this offseason of what they could change after putting so much investments into really the defense as a whole from safety to you know edge corner defensive line all of it and not getting the return on investment that's you know something's going to happen and usually that would lend itself to believe that Joe Barry would be the one that is is going to feel the heat from that right so we will see like i said don't really have too much more to say on it. It'll take some time to sort out uh, what Jim Leonard wants to do. It'll take some time to sort out what the Packers want to do. And even if Joe Barry is gone, and even if Jim Leonard is interested, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a 100% match. You could have Matt LaFleur and the Packers upset that Leonard turned them down last time. I don't think that's the case, but you never know. Sometimes that can burn a bridge. Um, you could have Leonard, uh, maybe he saw something in Green Bay that he was just like, you know what, that's not for me. And maybe even if he's offered it again, he would still decline. Maybe it had less to do with staying with the Badgers and more of just not really being interested in the Packers defensive coordinator position. And either way, Leonard will be uh, in all likelihood a very sought after coach whether it's a position coach in the NFL or college, whether it's a defensive coordinator job, it's very likely uh, some small schools uh, could even, you know, smaller schools could look at him easily as a, a head coach candidate. So uh, he's going to have options. Green Bay is going to have options. And the, the last thing I'll say there too is remember that when Green Bay made Jim Leonard their front runner for defensive coordinator, remember they that was after they were in an NFC championship game and all the defensive coordinator candidates for that season were sort of scooped up already. So they were already kind of, I'm not saying that necessarily, you know, they, they, you know, Leonard was bottom of the barrel or anything like that, but they were left with leftovers at that point. Uh, this time they will not be, if they are eliminated at the end of the regular season, which is still very likely, they will probably have their pick of best available defensive coordinator candidates. So long ways away. Uh, but it was interesting that that just came through right before I was about to hit play. Uh, so we will definitely be keeping an eye both on defensive coordinator candidates for Green Bay, what happens to Joe Barry, and what happens to Jim Leonard moving forward. All right, that brings us to our main topic for today, and it's going to be a two-part uh, episode. So today I'm going to be discussing the offense. T tomorrow I'm going to be discussing the defense and the special teams. But I wanted to go over which players, I just want to go basically position by position and go over which players will be back in Green Bay almost for sure next year, and also look at which players could potentially be gone. And I want to do this for two reasons. And it's actually probably the lesser of the two reasons that you're expecting, which is why I'm going over it today. The, the main reason that I want to go over this is it's about this time every year that um, I start looking at players for the Packers who have meant a lot to the organization who could theoretically be playing their last downs as Green Bay Packers. And the reason I do that is because I really want to enjoy 
those last snaps of them as Green Bay Packers. Example 1A, Devontae Adams a season ago. Around this time last year, I identified Adams as obviously numerous other people did because he was a free agent, uh, but I identified Adams as one of those players who could theoretically be playing his last downs as a Green Bay Packer at, at the end of the year. And that came to fruition. He ends up being traded to the Raiders, of course, and we don't get to see him in green and gold anymore. Thankfully, I was one of the people who was able to pay a little extra close attention to Adams and his last snaps in Green Bay, because that was a player who I really enjoyed watching in Green Bay, watch, you know, enjoyed practicing. And like I said, I really wanted to take a look at all the different Packers last year who could have been playing their last snaps and just have a little bit more enjoyment of those snaps, knowing that it could be their last, right? So I wanted to do that same thing this year, look at which players could be playing their last snaps in Green Bay. And then furthermore, it is the bye week. It is a season that has not gone according to plan. They will likely be eliminated, although it's not mathematically impossible, but likely be eliminated when the regular season ends, not going to the playoffs for the first time in the Matt LaFleur era. And because of that, uh, I wanted to take a look at what kind of the core of this team could be in 2023. And let me just start by saying here that there are so many different paths that this offseason could take. And just to be clear, it is going to be tumultuous and crazy no matter what. And they, they're going to have three options. They're going to have, you know what, the the basically the, you know what, screw it. We're going to go all in again. Rodgers is back. Bakhtiari's back. We're going to borrow a ton of more money from the future. And like, we're just going to, we're just going to keep doing this thing. Keep maxing out the credit card from the future and just say, basically F it. We're, we're all in again. We're going to try to win another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. The second is somewhere in the middle, right? Maybe Rodgers is back. Maybe it's time to transition to Jordan Love, but they're going to keep as many of these key pieces together as they possibly can, still sort of taking the credit card out, you know, borrowing some from the future, but it's not an all-in situation. They're going to keep they try to keep guys around like an Aaron Jones, maybe like an Elton Jenkins, and keep some of the core of this team together as they sort of make this transition moving forward. But they also know that going all in in that scenario is probably not the best way to go. At some point, they're going to have to sort of pay the piper and, you know, get back even from a salary cap standpoint. And there's some sort of middle ground there. And then the third option is the rip the bandaid approach, which is basically see you later, you know, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, we're going to get rid of all of our expensive contracts that we possibly can. And we're just, it's a full on youth movement. We're going to utilize the draft. We're going to have a high pick in the draft. We're going to, again, purge any uh, oversized salaries. We're going to try to get back under the cap for future years. And it's time to see what some of these younger players are capable of. So three options, all of which are possibilities. They have not seemed to be the team that wants to take the rip the bandaid approach. I'm not sure that the worst approach isn't the let's try to go all in with Aaron Rodgers again. I think we saw what that was this year and trying to replicate that to even probably a worse extent because you're going to have less money to play with next year is probably the worst approach. You can also make an argument that a middle approach where you're still borrowing from the future, but not going all in on the future and still staying in this bizarro middle ground is also a really bad option. So have at it. I have no idea which one is going to take place, uh, but one of the those options are going to take place. And because of that, 
It just leaves a completely open-ended offseason for who could be back, who could be gone. And then you have a ton of players who could just retire too. You've got players that are getting older that could just say, you know what? That's it. I'm done. So tomorrow we'll go over defense and special teams. Today we're going to go over offense and screw it. Let's start with quarterback, right? If I were to talk totally today about the Aaron Rodgers contract and what options that they have, we would be here far too long for just one episode. There will be an episode upcoming that we will talk in detail just about the Aaron Rodgers contract and the decisions that Green Bay will have to make, that Aaron Rodgers will have to make, and the salary cap repercussions that will come because of those decisions moving forward. But to take to make things easy today, there's no real option to cut Aaron Rodgers, nor, nor really should there be. There's three or there, there's there's three options. A he retires. B he just comes back and plays on the contract that he's on. They could do some small like minuscule restructure stuff, but basically he's going to play on the contract that he's on. Um, again, they they could he could just retire, or they could potentially trade him. Ideally, with a you know after June first, that would make things really ideal. But the other team's probably not going to want to wait until June first, so that complicates things as well. Like I said, we'll have a full episode on this at some point. But the 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 main takeaway here is that there's no guaranteed decision with Aaron Rodgers, as you know, as I know, as everyone knows. It it's definitely in the like leaning likely category that he's back in some capacity next year. But a you never know with Aaron and what he wants to do moving forward. And B, you don't know from a Green Bay standpoint. I know Matt LaFleur said that they want to move forward with him in his press conference. I know Brian Gutekunst echoed the same thing. It doesn't really mean a whole lot as we sit here in early December in a season that's gone totally awry and in a season where, quite frankly, yes, it's part of it due to injuries, but has been Aaron Rodgers' worst season as a starter. I don't think there's any question about that in my mind. This has been Aaron Rodgers' worst season as a starter, which should be noted is still a pretty decent season. Uh, so there is that as well. But clear signs of decline and hasn't gone well this season overall as a team. And there is Jordan Love waiting in the wings that they feel they have an evaluation on. And they also could have a very high draft pick, which could result in a decision on needing to you know, make on a potential another quarterback if they're not sold on love and they don't uh, you know, want to move forward with Rodgers. So long story short here, and we'll have a much longer, longer story on this in the future, but there's a lot of decisions that go into Aaron Rodgers, both on his side, both on the Packers side, and it's going to have to be something that's mutual. And I do think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of uh, incentive, to put it uh, lightly, uh, to come back and play next year. And I do think that Brian Gutekinds is correct in his statement of him saying, listen, this past year, we made a long-term investment into Aaron Rodgers. That was not a one-year thing. That was a, a investment into Aaron Rodgers for multiple years. I think that's true. I think Rodgers recognizes that as well. I think he recognizes some of the young talents on this team. I think ultimately he is back, but there is no guarantee. So could Aaron Rodgers be playing his last snaps either in the NFL period or as a Green Bay Packer? Yes. But like I said, I think it's in the lean likely category that he is back. Jordan Love, this is another interesting one. I think he's probably back no matter what next year, but if they go back with Aaron Rodgers, listen, the, the really tough thing with, with Love is that they have to pick up his fifth year option prior to the start of the league year. And that's going to be over $20 million for 2024. And whether they, they they do it or they don't do it, 
there could be incentive just for them to trade him to try to get as much as they can if they think Rodgers is going to be back for maybe another two years or if they're just not sold on him. It would probably be time to move on from him, recoup what assets that you can, and probably start developing another quarterback for when Aaron Rodgers actually does retire and you're not playing this next paying this next quarterback an exorbitant amount of money without really knowing if he's going to be the future of the franchise or not. So I, it's not a guarantee that Love is back. He's only set to make about th- less than $4 million, about $3.9 million on next year's salary cap. So there's very clearly an opportunity that both could be back on the team next year. And then they, they might just have to bite the bullet in, in 2024. Like It just gets very challenging because there's no way in 2024 they can keep both Rodgers and Jordan Love. And that becomes massively complicated. So could they keep Rodgers and trade Love? Yes, could they trade Rodgers or have Rodgers retire and just keep love? Yes. I will go out on a very you know short limb that's of no risk whatsoever and say one of them will be back next year for sure, but there's no guarantee on which one. Both could be back. I don't think there's any you know opportunity or possibility that both would be gone, but either one could be gone for different reasons. So could Jordan Love be playing his last snaps in Green Bay? If you, you, I don't even know if he's going to get those snaps, but could he be done as a Green Bay Packer after this year? Yes, I think he could be. I also would say it's in the lean likely category that he's back next year at this point. And then you've got Danny Etling, who's on the practice squad. They put an entire year of investment into him. I would expect him to sign a futures contract at the end of the year and have to fight for his job as a number three quarterback in uh, training camp next year. So there's where we're at with the quarterbacks. Let's move on to the running backs. Aaron Jones, not an easy decision either. And this, he, he probably comes down to which of the approaches are you taking? If it's the all-in approach, Jones will be back. If it's the middle ground approach, Jones is probably back. If it's the rip the band-aid approach, Jones is probably gone. He's set to have a cap hit of over 20 million, and it's just barely over 20 million, but over 20 million next season. That will not happen. Basically, the options here are to cut Aaron Jones, try to trade him, but the contract's going to be a little bit tricky with that. I do think there might be some small uh, value in a team trading for him, but they wouldn't get much in return because of his contract. And then uh, the more likely option, which I think is the more likely, is that he restructures and signs a new, you know, a new deal. They push more money into the future and they keep him around for another year. That being said. I don't think that's a guarantee. They do have AJ Dillon on the roster. They have been able to see what Dillon can do with more carries. I'm not making any argument whatsoever that this team is better without Aaron Jones or that it's advantageous for Aaron Jones to not be on this team. He is their most consistent player, their best playmaker, although Christian Watson giving him a run for his money lately. That's just the like Walter Payton award nominee. That is the guy you always want on your team almost no matter what. So I think the odds that he gets restructured are insanely high almost no matter what. But if you do get to that rip the bandaid approach, the smarter way to go is probably moving on from Aaron Jones, going with younger running backs and seeing what you can do. I hate to say that. Trust me, I want Aaron Jones on this franchise. Like I said, almost no matter what, he's just that guy. You want to keep that guy in your locker room, but it's not an easy decision. And it's a it's a real possibility, although I think less likely that he could be also playing his last snaps in Green Bay. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A.J. Dillon, an easy keep. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be on the final year of his deal, only $1.68 million on his contract. That is a very easy keep. He will be back next year. And then you've got Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson, both who are on the practice squad right now. Assuming they stay on the practice squad through the remainder of the season, they will be able to be eligible to be signed a futures contract, which are no-brainers for both. And you bring both back and have them compete for contract or for you know spots on the roster in training camp next year. I would say Goodson more likely. He is younger and probably a bit more overall talented. Patrick Taylor has now been on this team for a few years, has struggled to to crack the 53-man roster. You kind of know what you have at this point. So there's maybe an opportunity that they just don't, you know, give a futures contract to Taylor. But if I were betting, I would bet both get futures contract and have a chance to compete for a spot in training camp. All right, let's move to wide receiver. Christian Watson obviously will be kept, no questions asked. Alan Lazard, unrestricted free agent, has not seemed super happy with the fact that he didn't get a longer term deal. I can't, I didn't speak to him. I don't know that for a fact, but that's just kind of the vibe that I've gotten. And Green Bay has these young receivers now in Toure and Watson and Dobbs. They don't have money to spend in free agency. I would think they're, they're certainly not going to franchise tag him. I think he will get paid more by another team. I think it's likely that he is not back in Green Bay next year and he goes to another team. There's a chance that maybe he wants to stay in Green Bay, stay with Aaron Rodgers if he's back. It could be one of those that's kind of tied to what happens with Aaron. But if I were betting today, I would say that Allen is more likely to end up with another team on a larger deal in unrestricted free agency than what Green Bay is going to be willing to offer. Randall Cobb is a voided contract. So basically he's an unrestricted free agent. This one to me seems 1 million percent married to Aaron Rodgers. If Rodgers is back, Randall Cobb is probably back on some sort of buddy deal uh, as a uh, gesture to Aaron and as his best friend on the team. And I, I also don't hate that. The main reason why is, especially if Lazard is gone, we'll just, spoiler alert, Sammy Watkins is also gone. You don't have a veteran in that group, right? And Green Bay's always loved having a veteran in every single one of their rooms to sort of mentor some of the younger players. You're going to have a Torrey, a Watson, and a Dobbs, and you probably want some veteran in that group. 
Cobb is also a very natural slot receiver. You you probably want Dobbs and Watson on the outside. You want to develop Torrey as a slot guy, but he can play all positions. Having just a natural slot guy that Rodgers trusts, if if he's back, does it, it makes sense? And even if it is, um, you know, I, again, if it's if it's Jordan Love and, and Rodgers is gone, I think Cobb is gone no matter what. I don't think he's back. And like they they had no interest in Randall Cobb had it not been for for Rodgers, right? Basically, Brian Gutekinds came out and said that immediately when that trade was made. So if it's if Rodgers is gone, Cobb is gone. If Rodgers is back, I think Cobb is back. Basically, as you know, friend of Rogers also can help the team as a slot receiver and also can be a mentor to the younger receivers. So a million percent tied to Aaron Rodgers for Randall Cobb. Sammy Watkins, as mentioned, gone. Romeo Dobbs, obviously back. Samori Toure, obviously back. And then you've got four guys that are on the practice squad. Winfrey maybe gets a futures deal, but he's 27 next September. You know what you have in him. I'm on the fence. He probably gets a futures deal. Travis Fulgham will be 28 in September. He's probably not going to get a futures deal. D.D. Westbrook will be 30 next year. Probably doesn't get a futures deal. Jeff Cotton, I'm not making up that name. That's an actual practice squad wide receiver for the Packers. I think he, if he makes it on the roster through the remainder of this year, would probably get a futures contract and would have to compete in training camp. All right, moving to tight end. Robert Tunyon, another really interesting decision. He will have avoided contract, which makes him an unrestricted free agent. He's had a really tough year coming off his torn ACL. He has no burst. He has no run after the catch ability. He can't really separate. He's okay up the seam. He's not really a red zone threat. He's been a better blocker this year, but he's not a great blocker. He's not an impact blocker. He's coming. He's already had a torn ACL. I just don't see it. I think if he's cheap, and especially if Rodgers is back, I don't think it's out of the question that he could be back in Green Bay. My guess is that Green Bay would love to move on and go in a different direction and try to find a younger tight end, probably get Josiah DeGuara some more snaps. Um, but he he could be back if they could find him on a cheap deal. My guess is probably gone. But either way, uh, 50-50 proposition at best for Tunyon. And I, I would say leans likely that he's not back next year. Mercedes Lewis, another one like Randall Cobb that's probably a million percent tied to Aaron Rodgers. He also could just retire. That's a possibility as well. He's going to be 39 next year. If Rodgers is back, I think Big Dog will be back on a very similar deal that he's basically signed since 2018 every year. If Rodgers is gone, I think that probably means the end for Mercedes Lewis as well. Josiah DeGuara, a no-brainer keep. Tyler Davis is a restricted free agent. There's no chance in heck that they actually tender him as a restricted free agent, which will make him an unrestricted free agent. I think Green Bay will offer him a minimum deal. If he wants it, he can have it. If not, he'll probably go to some other team that maybe pays him slightly more. Maybe Green Bay offers him a very, very small bonus. But uh, I think, again, coin flip here, but he'll ultimately be an unrestricted free agent. And the, the odds that he's back are probably... It, it probably doesn't matter more than anything, but uh, maybe he's back, maybe he's not, but 50-50 at best. And then Nick Gugamis, another name that I promise you I'm not making up, uh, although I could be butchering the last name. I will be uh, transparent about that. He uh, also, I think, will be up for a futures contract if he makes it on the practice squad through the remainder of this year. And that brings us to offensive line. David Bakhtiari clearly being the toughest to figure out here. I don't think that this is a pure 100% tied to Aaron Rodgers. If Rodgers is back, it's more likely that Bakhtiari's back. But as a GM of the team, you always have to weigh risk. And that knee is a, and just the leg and the health risks are massive. 
you could bring him back on his deal, even try to restructure him. And one thing goes wrong um, and he's done forever or done for the season. And you can say the same thing for every player, clearly, but there's different layers of risk. And like, if you are a uh, insurance like risk analyst, like Bakhtiari's like red flags are just off the charts. Like the alarm bells are sounding like all of it, right? The the smart thing to do is to move on. And it stabs me in the heart to say that because it just sucks all the way around. And I love watching the guy play, but the smart thing is probably to move on no, no matter what, just because the risk is so high. What they do, I have no idea. I think they move on. I think if Rodgers is back, it's more likely that he's back, but I don't think that's a guarantee because of the risk with the knee. But as Brian Gudikins mentioned, great left tackle, just good left tackles don't grow on trees, much less great left tackles. And when he's been healthy, when he's been on the field, he has been great. So there's been no signs of decline. I, I shouldn't say that. He's clearly not the exact same player that he was pre-injury. That goes without saying, but he's great. And there's no sign like that he's... a even average or below average or bad player now, he's still really, really freaking good. So they'll have to weigh that out. I do think if they're more in that all-in approach, much more likely that Bakhtiari's back. Middle ground, probably gone, and then rip the Band-Aid, very clearly gone. Elton Jenkins, unrestricted free agent, probably can't franchise tag him. That gets complicated. There's maybe some things they could do to work with that. I think some team like ESPN has him as their third best free agent in football next year. Green Bay is going to be tied up against the cap no matter what they do. And there will be teams that are willing to pay him massive amounts of money, especially the way that he's played in the last five games, showing that he's really rebounding and coming back to the Elton Jenkins that we're used to. I think he gets overpaid by some other team and maybe not even overpaid, just paid really well by some other team. I don't think Green Bay is going to be able to compete with that. I think it leans likely that he's gone, but maybe Elton loves it in Green Bay. Maybe Green Bay gets ultra aggressive, especially if Bakhtiari, they move on from Bakhtiari. That would maybe make it more likely that they want to keep one of their you know, real sound players along the offensive line in Elton Jenkins. But I just think he's going to hit unrestricted free agency. And if that happens, you start getting in a bidding war with every other team. And it's going to be really, really difficult for Green Bay to compete when even if he's like ESPN has him as the third best, even if he's not third, he's probably going to be a top 10, top 12 free agent, which is going to be massive, massive, massive money. So I don't know. Um, are there opportunities to keep him? Yes. No, no question about it. But the ACL clouds things, what the future of this team is moving forward clouds things, what happens with Rogers clouds things. I think it's Again, probably 50-50 at best that Jenkins is back next year. We shall see. That's going to be a really interesting one. Josh Myers will be back. John Runyon Jr. will be back. Yash Nyman, a restricted free agent. I would be willing to bet money that they put a second round tender on him, which I don't think any team would pay uh, a huge contract to Yash Nyman and give up a second round pick for that. If that happens, you probably just gladly take the second round pick. Like I said, don't see any team doing that, which would make me believe there's probably about a 98.9% chance that he's back with the team next year. I can't really envision a scenario where he wouldn't be unless Green Bay tries to do like a right of first refusal and kind of screws up the restricted free agent process. Some other time team signs him to a huge deal and they can't match it. I just don't see Green Bay doing that. I think they'll give him the second round tender. And like I said, live with it if, he, if some team wants to offer him a massive deal and give up a second round pick, but just can't imagine a scenario where that happens. So Yash should be back. Zach Tom clearly back. J. 
Jake Hansen's a restricted free agent, which is a very easy non-tender. And with that, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Again, coin flip, do they bring him back on a bare minimum deal to compete in training camp? Maybe I'm of the mind where you've seen what you have in Jake Hansen. It's not good enough. You've got a ton of young guys that I'm going to list through in just a second that are already going to be competing for camp jobs. You spend like four, three to four uh, draft picks on offensive linemen every year, and you're really good at it. And you usually sign about three to four un, you know, undrafted free agent offensive linemen. It just, it's going to be a very packed offensive line and, and very competitive for jobs anyway. I don't see a reason to bring Jake Hansen back, so probably gone. And then that brings us to a group of five players who will all be back next year, unless something happens for the remainder of this year, but will all be back um, on deals, but they're just going to have to earn their jobs in training camp. And that's Royce Newman, Rashid Walker, Luke Tenuta, Sean Ryan, and Caleb Jones. All are signed under contract, will be back, but none of them are guaranteed to make the 53. They're all going to be just fighting it out and trying to get some of those final spots on the roster with those aforementioned rookies that they will for sure pick. And the undrafted free agents that they'll bring in should be a very competitive, you know, eight, nine, 10 spot on the roster next year. And all those guys will be fighting again, Royce Newman, Rashid Walker, Luke Tenuta, Sean Ryan, and Caleb Jones. So to recap really quick, some key players, if you're looking, as I mentioned at the onset, for players who you might want to keep an extra eye on who could be playing their last downs as Green Bay Packers, some key ones that you want to keep an eye on, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, David Bakhtiari, and Elton Jenkins. Some of them will undoubtedly be back. Some of them will undoubtedly be gone. Your guess is ultimately as good as mine. Uh, I laid out all of my thoughts on it in this episode, so that's where I'm leaning right now. But things can change, and it's really hard to anticipate which one of those three directions that Green Bay is going to go in for their, you know, for this offseason. It's just going to be a crazy, really super interesting offseason, which by the way, uh, this would be a good time to subscribe to this show if you haven't already, because we'll be breaking down every one of those things when they happen. Like I said, it's going to be a really fun, crazy offseason draft probably new coordinator. Like It's just going to be a lot and you're going to want to make sure to follow along for all of that. So all of those could be key players who are playing their last downs in Green Bay. If you're looking at what like uh, like which players are back for sure, what does that offense look like next year? I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that either Love or Rodgers are back at quarterback, one of the two. Which one still remains to be seen? I would lean Rodgers. I would lean both, but probably Rodgers, but one of the two will be back. AJ Dillon will for sure be back. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samore Toure at wide receiver, Josiah DeGuara at tight end, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Yash Nyman, and Zach Tom along the offensive line. That's sort of the core of your team, like the bare minimum basics, like those guys are back for sure, and that will be what you have to build around with options to bring back a lot of the guys that we just talked about, bring in new free agents, bring in uh, new draft picks, undrafted guys, etc., to round out the rest of the team. But one of the two quarterbacks, Dylan, Watson, Dobbs, Toure, DeGuara, Myers, Runyon, Nyman, and Tom, probably the core of your offense that is for sure going to be back next season. That's going to do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode because I'll be doing it again tomorrow for defense and special teams. So make sure to check that out as well. Again, make sure to subscribe. I will see you guys back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!